Welcome to Health Dose, a comprehensive program that covers topics that are related to your health. I'm Jerry O'Donnell. Today on Health Dose, we're going to discuss a commonly injured area of the body, shoulder injuries. Dr. Denise Tottlemeyer is an orthopedic surgeon at MidMichigan Health. Health Dose asked Dr. Sottlemyer, what are some of the warning signs of a shoulder injury? I'll start with rotator cuff injuries. Oftentimes, rotator cuff injuries present as night pain. So a lot of times when patients have pain at night, it's a good indicator there may be a rotator cuff tear. With regards to an injury itself, lack of mobility, difficulty raising your arm, uh, pain with day-to-day activities, so is that a lack of mobility in that you just can't get your shoulder up or you can't get it up without it being painful? It can be either. There's a condition called frozen shoulder or adhesive capsulitis, and that is difficulty raising your arm because the shoulder is tight and frozen. And there is also a condition where someone might have bursitis or inflammation of the bursa or tendonitis, and it's painful then when they raise their shoulder, but they can get it up, but it's just painful. But a rotator cuff is a bit more complicated, isn't it? Because isn't there a series of muscles that hold that rotator cuff in place? Yes, the rotator cuff is a series of four muscles. The supraspinatus, infraspinatus, subscapularis, and teres minor. So they encompass the shoulder, and any or all of them can, can be torn depending on either an injury or with an aging process. Some rotator cuff tears occur just with a natural aging process because the blood supply to the rotator cuff is not as good as we age, and therefore you can get what we call attritional tears, as opposed to someone falling on the ice, jamming their shoulder, you can have a traumatic rotator cuff tear in any of the four tendons. The most common is the supraspinatus tendon, which is the tendon that lays on top of the shoulder, which allows you to bring your arm out to the side. And that's important to... to, uh position it like that because a lot of times when you think about rotator cuff injuries, you think about pitchers mm-hmm. or, or athletes who do that over the head throwing motion, which I'm told isn't even a natural motion for a human being, but it can also develop just as people get older. I mean, it can develop in, in people who have desk jobs. Yes, that's, that's correct. There is a structure in the shoulder called the labrum, which is the cartilage that lines the bone. And we see that commonly in overhead athletes throwing baseball, softball, volleyball, you can tear the labrum. And we also see that though in an aging population, as you get older, you can just develop some degenerative change of the labrum. And treatment varies depending on the age of the person, their activity and whatnot, depending on what needs to be done for that as well. So the labrum and the rotator cuff are probably the two areas of the shoulder that we look at from a standpoint of potentially surgical intervention, depending on how severe the injury is. Is there a group that's more at risk for shoulder injuries than, than other people? Patients that are athletic. The athletic population is one. Again, we talked about the overhead type of athlete, but also skilled workers, laborers, construction workers, electricians, anyone that's using their shoulder day-to-day lifting pushing, pulling, overhead type of activities can increase their likelihood of injuring their shoulder. How do you go about diagnosing what exactly is wrong with my shoulder? How do you know if it's a labrum or if it's one of the four muscles involved in the shoulder or if it's bursitis? First of all, we start with a history. Asking a patient, and I usually keep it open-ended, tell me about your shoulder 
what's bothering you and explain your situation. And then a physical examination, I think, is crucial. There are certain tests that we can do specifically to test whether or not you have labral pathology or biceps tendon pathology in your shoulder or lengthwise rotator cuff pathology. So it depends specifically. Exam-specific tests help me identify where I think the shoulder problem is occurring. And then additionally, if I believe that patient needs additional studies, then x-rays and MRI are often ordered. Do you get a lot of people that come to your office that really aren't at a point where they need an orthopedic surgeon? They just should have seen their regular doctor for a diagnosis and maybe some PT? Yes. I think some patients would benefit initially from just seeing their primary care physician. Those patients generally are those that didn't have any specific injury, but they've had just gradual onset of pain. And I think those patients may be best suited initially to see a family doctor Mm -hmm. and then try physical therapy. And if after a month or two, they're not noting improvement, then I think referral to a specialist is, is prudent. At what point do you think it gets in my shoulder when I'm beyond physical therapy and I need you to go in there and do something? When you're having shoulder pain that is interfering with your activities of daily living, when you limit what you can do because your shoulder bothers you, mm-hmm. and also you have night pain. Because again, I think night pain is a good predictor or indicator of patients that have something more going on in their shoulder that might be beneficially treated by therapy. You have a background as an athlete. Yes. What are some of the things, and I know you have an athletic approach to much of what you do, what are some things that if I'm an industrial athlete or I'm you know, a, a weekend tennis player, or even if I just want to avoid the pain in my shoulder, what are some things that I can do to keep my shoulder strong and healthy? Stretching and strengthening, I think, are important before you go out and do any activity. Even in the industrial athlete or industrial worker, as you talked about, being smart with your shoulder, obviously, especially as we age, not trying to do things that we were able to do when we were 20 years old is important. There are specific exercises for the rotator cuff that patients can do, and oftentimes it's beneficial to see a physical therapist to go over that, and then they can help you and also help you down the road to prevent an injury. And are those some things that I can get from my regular doctor, or is that something I need to get from you? Depending on your physician and their comfort level with a particular injury, whether it be shoulder, knee, ankle, a lot of physicians have different training, and they have different strengths and weaknesses. So I would leave it up to the, the primary care physician. Some feel very comfortable handling shoulder, or ankle, or knee injuries. Others feel more comfortable having a physical therapist, athletic trainer, or even an orthopedic surgeon seeing those patients. So it really depends on the initial uh, primary caregiver. And the good news is if I do need to see you, there are developments that have been made in shoulder surgery uh, that makes my recovery time much quicker. Yes, we now do almost everything arthroscopically through small incisions with smaller instruments, basically watching a video camera while we are doing the surgery. And that obviously is less invasive. You know, I'm not having to split the deltoid, which is one of the shoulder muscles, to get into the shoulder now. I can make small incisions and repair the rotator cuff as well as the labrum and other structures within the shoulder through the scope. And compare and contrast prior techniques and the recovery time with what you see with arthroscopic surgery? I mean, is there a vast, a significant reduction in recovery time? Yes and no. The rotator cuff is a tendon that needs to heal to the bone. And so 
I could do an open procedure or an arthroscopic procedure, and it's still going to take the same amount of time for that tendon to heal to the bone. The technique of doing the procedure arthroscopically is less invasive because I'm traumatizing less tissue in order to get into the joint. But recovery from, for instance, a rotator cuff tear may still be three to six months to a year, depending on a variety of factors, the size of the tear, the quality of the tendon tissue, the patient comorbidities of any other medical problems, things like that 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 play a role. But from a surgical standpoint, being less invasive during surgery provides less trauma to the tissues, but we still need to let our body heal itself. I can use anchors and sutures and tack the rotator cuff down, but I, I want the patient's body to be able to heal it. So I have to create the best environment for that. And do you feel you get that from arthroscopic surgery? Yes, yes. I think it is actually easier for me to do an arthroscopic surgery of a large rotator cuff repair, or excuse me, large rotator cuff tear, because I have better visualization using a scope than if I'm doing it open, trying to look and spread apart other tissues about the shoulder. That is MidMichigan Health Orthopedic Surgeon, Dr. Denise Stottlemyre. As the doctor mentioned, if you have health concerns, the best place to start is your primary care provider. If you need help finding a primary care provider, you should go to midmichigan.org doctors. And to learn more about MidMichigan Health's comprehensive rehabilitation services, go to midmichigan.org rehab. I'm Jerry O'Donnell. Thank you so much for listening. Check back again soon. We'll have another edition of Health Dose. 